The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being, as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984 and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Charles, thank you so much for joining us once again. How are you, brother? It's great to be back, Pete. What have you been up to? Have you been uh, saving the world? Or <laughs> tell, tell us about this journey that you are on right Man, now. I kind of gave up. I gave up on saving the world a long time ago uh, when I noticed that um, the tremendous amount of harm that's done historically in the world by people who are trying to save it, you know, from Adolf Hitler trying to save the world from genetic degradation to, um, well, you know, like the powers that be today, like I'm not one of the people who thinks that, that they're like deliberately cackling with evil glee as they, you know, destroy life on earth. I think that they're, which is kind of scarier for me is that they're, they believe that they're doing good, that they're protecting us, that they're uh, furthering whatever, whatever. I'm not just talking about COVID here. I'm talking about a lot of things. Um, so yeah. So saving the world, I'm uh, looking for another occupation besides that. 
<laughs> well, it's really interesting because my wife and I have been speaking about this in in relation to what you're saying, because we've read a lot of the work that you've put out there in the world, which gives us a different perspective, which I think is very healthy for us to look at through different lenses and perceptions of what is actually being co-created at the moment in, in and has always been co-created in our reality. And one of the challenges I find is putting myself and looking at the looking through the lens of people like Bill Gates or politicians or the health ministers or whoever it may be, whether it's in this country in Australia or New Zealand or America, the UK, Russia, the list goes on, CCP with uh, the, the, the minister over there. And it gives me some relief to believe like what you said is they might actually think they're doing the right thing. And just like we think we're doing the right thing, like you think you're doing the right thing. And I feel like you're going to explore something with us today about how to stay sane with all of these, with all of this, I don't want to use the word crazy, but with what is happening and either to us or that we are perpetuating ourselves because I'm guilty of that too. I, you know, I do believe there is an agenda playing out, but at the same time, I do believe that we have the ability to create new storylines and new narratives. And so I'm going to yes. hand it over to you because you're going to teach me a, a different perspective once again. Oh man. I mean, I can say so much about that. Like, I think that there's an agenda playing out too. It's just that this agenda is bigger than any human being who's playing a role in that agenda. They, people who are adhering to orthodoxy, they kind of know what to say and what to think and what to do, even if they're not receiving orders from the directorate general of evil. And Bill Gates is one of those people. If you inhabit his worldview, a lot of like, why wouldn't you want to implant everybody with a microchip? Because we'll be able to organize things so much better. And if, and if we collect all of the data, we'll be able to to protect people and and serve their well-being because uh, we'll be in control of everything. And we're good guys, so it's good if we're in control of everything. And, and so basically, you could say that the world has gone crazy. They've entered into a reality, a self-justifying, self-perpetuating reality in which everything they're doing makes perfect sense, just like a psychotic person or a schizophrenic person enters this logic where, yeah, man, everyone is out to get me. Look at this. Like they're weaving together all these meanings, you know, and it seems so real to them. It seems so real. And that's why I, I'm thinking a lot now in terms of sanity and what that really means. Because normally, if you see and think and believe differently than the vast majority of your tribe, you're the one who's insane. If you're hearing voices that nobody else hears, if you're seeing things that nobody else sees, if you, if everyone else thinks something is real and you don't think it's real, if you don't, if you think that you can fly, if you think that you can walk over a cliff and everyone else doesn't like you're crazy, you're a danger to yourself. Usually that's the case. The exception is when all of society goes into 
uh, a collective mass delusion. And then it's only the crazy people who are sane. Crazy meaning those who deviate from consensus reality. So this is the question that I'm investigating now. Uh, how do you, if that's what's happening, how do you stay sane? Because the social pressure and the psychological pressure is intense. Because normally, like, like human beings, we have a reflex. If, if you believe and see something different than everybody else, the first thing you do is question, am I really seeing that? You know, they've done these social psychology experiments where they, they have 10 people in a room. And first they show you blue and they go around the room and everyone sees, says what color they say, blue, 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 blue. It gets to you, yeah, blue. Then they do, then they show you, and, by, and everybody else is a confederate of the experimenter except you. You're the only experimental subject. Okay, the next card is orange. And everybody says red, 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 red. It gets to you and you're like, better say red, red. Like most subjects will say red, even though it's orange. And, and so, so this is just to, to illustrate how psychologically hard it is to uphold a deviant view, especially when there's economic pressure, legal pressure added onto it. I mean, you're no stranger to, to this phenomenon, I'm sure. Maybe I should be asking you how you stay sane or maybe we're both crazy together. I don't know, Pete. What do you think? Well, it's interesting. I, I shared an article yesterday on Telegram because we were no longer present on Instagram and Facebook. We were yeah. removed for sharing crazy talk. And one of the things, one of the articles that came out was they believe that anybody that questions the narrative of the agenda is a has a mental illness or is susceptible will be classed as having a mental illness if they go against the virus or if they go against the agenda i'm like oh this is interesting so now they're linking mental derangement or mental instability with questioning with questioning and it was interesting because this this happened to me last year i had a the president of the royal australian general practitioners, so the, the president of the Medical Doctors Association, basically, of Australia, came out and questioned my mental um, clarity and stability on our number one radio platform because they thought that I wasn't sane to be questioning the COVID narrative. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is interesting where they're going with this. How far will they actually take this idea of anybody questioning something to call them insane, to call them crazy? And since that point in time, I've watched the media, whenever they write about me, use those terms, crazy, disgraced, whatever it may be. And I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah. I can and see I've where this seen is a heading. couple of those articles. They, they usually find a picture of you, like the most deranged looking picture that they can find. And of like... I feel like you should actually take a selfie of yourself, like looking as, as, you know, loony, loony as possible, just to, as a goodwill gesture, to help them. <laughs> but it's 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 fascinating because you asked me how do I stay sane. This is how I stay sane. This is how I stay sane. We, my wife and I, have deep conversations. We have a sense of humor, but then 
part of this last year for me really has been connecting to people like yourself and having deep, meaningful, philosophical, spiritual conversations Mm -hmm. that it's like being at school again. But this is this is the school of life right here, right now. And you, yeah. my my belief is, you better be ready for the exam that's coming up. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's that's a yeah, that's, this a, that's is- a strange way to to view it. But I'm I, I'm doing the work right now, doing the study. That that is part one of my answer to the question: how to stay sane in a crazy world. It's that uh, sanity is a group project and to find others. It's not just to find others who see things the way that you do, because then you can get into these uh, cul-de-sacs, these these echo chambers where you're actually mirroring the mainstream by shutting out alternative views and getting dogmatic Uh, because you can see why this person would think that you're insane. It's like, but here's the here's the evidence. Here's what science knows. How could you doubt that? You know, you seem insane. And how do we not? So when we create a bubble of sanity, how do we prevent that from happening to ourselves? So really what I'm looking for in terms of a community to keep me sane is people who value the truth more than being right. People who are willing to sacrifice something precious to the ego for the sake of truth. And that sacrifice could be a sacrifice of, you know, appearing right, appearing smart, a sacrifice of identity, a sacrifice of um, certainty. Um, uh, Willing, some people who are willing to step into the unknown. And the other thing I look for, you just said, is a sense of humor. Because ultimately, when all else fails, when every other means of creating harmony and solidarity among human beings fails, the last, the first and last thing is humor. Because when you can laugh with somebody, you're subtly saying, yeah, man, we're in this together. We can both laugh at it. We could be wrong. Like, like there's, when, when humor is gone, then you know you're in deep trouble. So, yeah, that's for me. Yeah, that is the you know, community. Um, sanity is a group project. That's the first part of my my answer to that. It's really interesting yeah. you say that because I'm going to jump in with the humor part of it because what I've been waiting for, and I don't like to use the word that I wait for something, but been patiently observing is where are the comedians over the last twelve months where are the like the material that they've got to to work on at the moment the musicians the artists like there is that much material but especially the comedians like the comedians really good stand-up comedians nothing's off the table it's all on the table it's like crickets out there I mean, one of the people that has really stood up is someone like J.P. Sears who has found his niche, so to speak, because he's done a lot of trauma work on himself in the past and he's just like, I'm ready. I've been training for this. 
I, this, is, this is the moment because nobody's touching this or any of this. I'll go there. I'm, I'm not afraid because this is my authentic self, is to expose my perception of the insanity in the world right now. And, I, and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful and that there's people like that that just come through and push, push up against it and, and actually throw the humour into the insanity, so to speak. So uh, thanks for letting me go there. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say as well is um, it's really interesting what you said because I interviewed a woman called Chanel Rian who's a White House correspondent reporter for the OAN network. And I interviewed her previous to the election last year. And I asked her one question. I said, why does Trump have somebody like Fauci there? And she said, Trump will surround himself with people that have opposing views to him so he doesn't have an echo chamber. And I thought that was really quite interesting what what you think about that whether it's true or false, but it resonated with me that it, we do need to have these opposing views without shutting them out, which is what you're echoing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's this, I mean, it's a totally different tangent, but, um, you know, there's this uh, Trump, you know, he's like the epitome of a polarizing figure. Uh, some people think he's, you know, nearly the devil incarnate, and others think that he's the great savior of humanity. Uh, you know, either he's like a genius playing 4D chess, or he's a slobbering imbecile. And, you know, I th- I think on some thread somewhere I said, I think that he's a little of both and a lot of neither. But aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and but the, this idea to like either vilif- vilify or deify somebody it's part of a mentality of that I speak about a lot of like a basic template of problem solving in our civilization, which is to, to erect um, a bad guy and then destroy that bad guy. This goes back in, in I'm reading an interesting scholarly book by uh, Rene Girard about the origins of capital punishment and human sacrifice and stuff like that. And basically, like he says, like these archaic societies would would devolve into tit for tat violence, blood feuds, vengeance, you know, until like the whole society would be at war with each other. And then um, it would be resolved in an episode of unanimous violence where everybody or the majority turns on some scapegoats or a minority and destroys them. And then in order that the uh, civil war doesn't happen again, every year after that, or periodically, they take a sacrificial victim and in an act of unanimous violence, destroy that victim. And this is the origin of, of scapegoats. It's originally the, the, the victim was the king who would have to be sacrificed. And then the king eventually decided that this was maybe not such a good idea. So he says, well, why don't you use a criminal instead? So that's the origin of, of of capital punishment. And so this this like primal human solution to find somebody to kill, find somebody to annihilate, find somebody literally or figuratively to wipe off the face of the internet, like Pete Evans, for example, like this is not a new thing on earth. 
And it's part of a deeper uh, paradigm of the war on evil. And part of that is, oh, people are getting sick. Let's find the virus. Like that, so the mentality of let's find the virus, let's find the bad guy problem solved. It's the same mentality as let's find Bill Gates, let's find the pedo elite, let's find the, you know, reptilian Illuminati, whatever it is, it's the bad guys. And, and now I know what to do. Such a relief to know what to do compared to autoimmune disease where there's no bad guy and we don't know what to do. So even though like that's afflicting like a quarter of the population or more, let's just ignore that. And let's pay attention to a supposedly viral disease. Um, I'm not going to get into that whole thing because um, I don't, because neither side agrees with what I think. So, but anyway, like let's, you know, find something that we can blame on a pathogen that's, you know, afflicting a tiny fraction of the number of people that are afflicted by autoimmunity. And let's focus on that. Like that's something that we're comfortable with. And so I see like, like the same basic psychology being applied in our current public health regime as it is also being applied by the dissenters toward um, you know, solving the, the social problem of overreaction to COVID or whatever. So, so to go back to sanity, um, I guess I'm, 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 I'm looking to establish, and it's, it's like sometimes there is a bad guy, okay? I'm not saying that there's never a bad guy, never a path, pathogen, okay? But like that whole habit of thought is insane. To always see the world in those terms is insane. And that underlying insanity gives rise to all kinds of subsidiary insanity, like COVID lockdown, like, you know, nuclear brinksmanship with Russia, for God's sake. You know, here's old bad guy, Vladimir Putin. He's a convenient bad guy. Oh, the CCP of China, there's the bad guy. Oh, Islam, radical Islam. Ooh, there's a good bad guy. Uh, drugs. How about drugs? I mean, there's so many candidates and we see the same drama playing out again and again and again. So, mm. yeah, thank you for letting me rant. I feel like that the bad guy, the good guy or girl is us. It's us. It's always been us. We're just projecting it externally. Because we don't want to look at our mm -hmm. badness. Yeah. We only want to look at our goodness. And you can take us on the journey of what it means to be whole from your perception. And I'm going to throw this in there as well because you said both sides don't see it how you don't see it how both sides. Because I had that, I brought this up the other day with a podcast I was on. They were talking about germ theory and terrain theory, I said, what if both exists? Mm -hmm. I, I've gone along this journey far enough to understand that two things can be true at the same time, that there are paradoxes in us and around us at all times, many, many truths that can coexist. 
that seemed polar opposites. And that didn't go down too well with that group of people, but I just I just threw the question at because somebody was making a documentary about the terrain theory, and I said, "Have you? Are you bringing in to the equation that you can be true and the other side can be true as well?" <laughs> so I don't know whether that sparks anything with you, but um, I'll leave it at right. Yeah, or, or is there like a larger truth that contains both? You know, and when. And, and, and I like to play with letting go of objective reality, letting go of the idea that, that whatever truth is, it is outside of ourselves, independent of the stories that we make about the world. And we can discover this objective truth and that human progress is a matter of, of converging close more and more closely to this objective truth like that that's the scientific program in a nutshell and what and other cultures didn't see the world that way they thought that maybe the building blocks of the world are something other than building blocks but they are maybe the, the or the threads of the tapestry of reality are are stories or thoughts information and so looking at it that way um when I look at germ theory versus terrain theory, I like to say, okay, in what circumstances is one useful? In what circumstances is the other useful? In what circumstances are, are they both actually useful? Because they're not actually contradictory. Um, you can have, you know, germs be opportunistic uh, that that maybe are invited in by a certain terrain. Uh, and sometimes they kill you in exercising their healing function. Like that's not perfect, you know, and there's something else at play. Like when it's maybe it's when, when your soul is ready to leave this world, uh, it invites a, you know, a bacteria or a virus or whatever, uh, to help discharge this function and take you through the initiation that's required. Like, like this, our, our idea of what is a good or a bad bacteria or what is a pathogen, what is beneficial and what is harmful is predicated on a conception of life and death that is very much part of the modern worldview. But there's a bigger worldview out there. So anyway, uh, yeah, I like to look in terms of, okay, the lens of terrain theory, what does that show us? The lens of germ theory, what does that show us? And who do we become when we stand only in one of these stories? Uh, what does that lead to? What can we, what, what, what is unavailable from one of those stories? Like what problems cannot ever be solved from the paradigm of germ theory or the paradigm of force, the paradigm of war? Um, and I think that, that uh, for me, that's what sanity is. It's kind of um, embracing the unknowability of ultimate reality and, and not deviating into some uh, self-confirming pseudo-reality that locks out so much um, of, of inconvenient truth. Well, I love that because Shikopa's barking. I love that because as you 
and many listeners and viewers are aware of, what we see and perceive in this reality is such a small percentage of it. So to believe that this is all that exists would be insane. <laughs> and I've had this conversation yeah. With, yeah. With, with people, even my children, and they're fully aware of the psychedelic uh, ceremonies and experiences that I've had. And the offer is on the table when they're of a certain age in, the, in a certain country, wherever it is legal, that I will happily um, travel with them, you know, and whether sit with them or partake, if it's a, as an invitation to them and it's up to them whether they choose to. And I've, we've, I've had this discussion saying, you know, what, what we perceive is such a small part of our reality. There's so much more to explore and to explore in ways in which you're probably not aware of yet. But I'm just letting you know that there's, this isn't it. This is not just it. Our five senses yeah. and this reality, this, and saying that to your children, I mean, they're teenagers now, they're nearly 15 and 16, so they, they're getting there. Um, or they probably more get there than most. But it's that openness and that curiosity to say, we don't know it all. <laughs> you know, and I've come to the to the fact that I'll never know it all, even though I've experienced it all in that reality of partaking in a psychedelic journey where complete I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.